This is John Nix, and you're listening to the One More Verse podcast. One More Verse is a resource designed to help people understand the Bible. The passage for today is Revelation chapter 19, verse 1 through chapter 20, verse 15. As John gives us a glimpse of what the end and the consummation of the kingdom is going to be like, we're introduced to a scene that takes place in heaven. The multitudes are rejoicing because God has mediated his judgment on Babylon. There's the sound of a loud voice, this great multitude in heaven, and the things that they are saying fill our hearts with joy and gladness, reminds us of the greatness of our God. They say, hallelujah, salvation and glory belong and power belong to our God. His judgments are true and just. One of the things that is important for us to remember is that God has to judge sin. God has to act resolutely toward sin or he is not just. His judgments are always true and just and anytime he judges against sin, it is absolutely the right way. For us, we want to question. We want to be not only judge, jury, and executioner, but we often question how God does things. We question his timing. But heaven reminds us his judgments are always true and just. And although we may not experience perfect justice now, although there may be things that go on and and people who seem to get away with things, there is coming a day of judgment. And so he helps us to see this scene in heaven. We're reminded of what it looks like as these 24 elders and these four living creatures fall down and they worship the God seated on the throne and they say things like amen and hallelujah. And from the throne, there came a voice saying, praise our God, all you, his servants, you who fear him, small and great. Then we are given the scene of the first supper that we'll read about in this passage. The first one is called the marriage supper of the lamb. Once again, uh, there's a voice like a great multitude, the roar of many waters, like the sound of mighty peals of thunder. You can just feel the reverberation, the power in the voice. And the voices say, hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory for the marriage of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure. For the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. Uh, When we read this, it's a beautiful picture. And everyone knows what weddings are like. Everyone has thought about them or seen them or read about them. And when we think of the bride of the lamb, we're talking about the church. And what makes her clothed so bright and pure is the righteousness of Christ. For every good thing that comes uh, from us is the gift of God working in and through us. It is his righteousness that gives us the ability to stand and to be reconciled. It is his righteousness that when the father sees us, he sees the son. And when he sees the son, he's pleased. And when he's pleased, he's glorified. And so into this supper, we are invited. And it says, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the lamb. These are the true words of God. And John is hearing this from an angel and he falls down at his feet to worship him. But he says to him, you can't do that. I'm a fellow servant. One of the ways that you can know as you read in scripture, if there is a being just described as an angel, if they are offered worship and they receive it, then you must know that that is 
Jesus. But an angel cannot receive worship, not an angel in the sense of a created being. Worship belongs only to God, not to the creation. This is a a mistake that we make all the time. And so as John falls down, he's so excited about this marriage supper of the Lamb. He's overwhelmed that the bride is finally going to enjoy the consummation of the kingdom of God. He falls down to worship and the angel quickly says, you can't do that. I'm a fellow servant. This is a reminder for us. This is a struggle for us. How quickly we worship the creation instead of the creator. The scene shifts. And John records that he saw heaven open and there's a white horse and sitting on this white horse is the one called faithful and true in righteousness. He judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire and on his head are many diadems or crowns and he has a name written that no one knows but himself. This picture is nothing less than Jesus Christ. He is the word of God. And for us, sometimes it's hard to understand that Jesus is a warrior. It's hard for us to see Jesus in this light. Sometimes we want to reduce Jesus into some weak spined um, person that just is always walked over. And while he did come in his earthly ministry to serve others, not this coming, not this judgment, this judgment, they see the awful and powerful and wonderful word of God, the King and the armies of heaven are arrayed in fine white linen and they follow him on horses the word of his mouth with the power strikes down nations and he rules them Uh, the words that describe it as he treads out the wine press of the fury of the wrath of god almighty and it is not hard for us to picture as a grape is crushed and as the juices run out this king has no rival this king has no equal this is not a battle that is in doubt No, the one that is powerful on this white horse has come to judge and there is no one that can stand before him. There is no one that can even battle him. There is no one with the strength or authority or power. And so John tells us that he saw an angel standing in the sun and he called to the birds and he said to them, come and gather for the great supper. You see, this is the second supper that we read about here in chapter 19. The first supper is the marriage supper of the lamb, but this one is very different. This is for the carnage that is left behind in this battle. This is a call to the birds of the air to come and to feast and to gorge themselves. This is the beast being captured and the false prophet. This is seeing those that have been uh, that have been in rebellion against God being thrown into the lake of fire that burns with sulfur. Then the rest being slain by the sword that came from the mouth of Jesus sitting on the horse. This end of chapter 19 is somewhat grotesque. The description, as best we can understand, is that just all the birds were gorged in their flesh, all those who had fallen. And so another angel comes down from heaven. And this angel holds in his hand the key to the bottomless pit in a great chain. In it, he seizes this dragon, this ancient serpent, the devil, Satan himself, and he binds him. It's one of those things where we have to remember that although we may not understand, although it is difficult for us to reconcile, Satan is nothing more than a created being. 
He's not an equal to God. He is not the yin to God's yang. There is not a good God and a bad God. There is only one God. And Satan is merely his creation in rebellion. And so another of his creation takes and seizes him. And he throws him into the pit for a thousand years. And he seals it over so that he can no longer deceive the nations. And so he he goes forward with this and he looks and he sees uh, on, on these thrones those that were seated and they had authority to judge. He saw those that had been martyred for the testimony of Jesus and the word of God, those who wouldn't worship the beast or its image. They didn't receive the mark or anything. And it says that they came to life and they reign with Christ for a thousand years. This is the first resurrection. Imagine people coming to life. And they're enjoying this freedom from our adversary as he is bound for a thousand years. John says, blessed and holy is the one who shares in the first resurrection. Because the second death has no power. And they're going to be priests of God and Christ. And they're going to reign with him during this thousand years. At the end of that thousand years, though, Satan is going to be released from his prison. You can imagine just how much hate he's filled with, just how much wrath and fury he wants to pour out. And so he will come out and he will deceive the nations that are at the four corners of the earth. He will gather them for battle. And the Bible says that their number will be like the sand of the sea. And they marched into this broad plain of the earth and they were surrounded and they came ready for war. But once again, just like always, Satan is a defeated foe. And although he may have wreaked havoc for a time, his time is limited. His time is coming to an end. And so he will be thrown into the lake of fire because the lake of fire was created for the devil and for his angels. The beast and the false prophet will be there as well and they will be tormented day and night forever. And then John describes a scene for us that can only be described as awesome. He saw a great white throne and he saw the one seated on it. And he said that earth and sky wanted to run away, but there was nowhere for him to go. And so the dead, both great and small, standing before the throne, books are opened. But one book in particular was opened, the book of life. And the way that judgment was meted out was by whether or not the name was written in the books. They're judged according to the deeds that they had done. And so the sea gave up the dead who were in it and death and Hades gave up the dead and all who were in them. And everyone will stand before this judge. No one will be absent and everyone will be judged according to what they've done. And then death and Hades will be thrown into the lake of fire because this is the second death. The key is, was your name found in the book of life? This is the question that everyone has to answer. This is the question that everyone has to wrestle with. As we read, we're reminded of these two feasts. One feast so pleasant and beautiful, the long-awaited consummation of the kingdom of God and his people. The other, an absolute bloodbath where birds come and gorge themselves in the flesh of those who would rebel against the king. Jesus, as he comes from heaven, seen in all his glory, no longer like some infant ignored by those who are in power. He cannot be ignored and he will not be defeated. And he, the righteous judge, will do exactly what is just and true. 
He is faithful and he is coming. As you read these words, may your heart find comfort that although we may not experience perfect justice in this life, perfect justice is coming and Jesus Christ is coming to make all things new and to make all things right. This great and glorious judge, this leader of the armies of heaven, this one on a white horse cannot be resisted. He will not be defeated and Jesus will reign. The earth can't run away. The sky can't run away. And everyone at some point will not only see but acknowledge he is the glorious one he is the living king he is the king of kings and the lord of lords and his name is jesus thanks for listening to the one more verse podcast for more information about vertical purpose or one more verse visit us online at johnnicks.org you can connect with me on social media. Just use the handle the John Nix, and don't forget to download the free Vertical Purpose app for additional resources. Thanks again, and join me tomorrow for the One More Verse podcast.